This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. By now, I am sure you have heard about the crane that caught fire and partially collapsed in Manhattan on Wednesday, injuring 12 people. Well, the more that we look into this, the more it seems that the company behind this particular crane does not have the best history. Now, it could have been just a plain old regular accident, but I'm wondering if all the proper safety protocols were followed. The company that was running this was founded by a shady construction magnate and the man who called himself the King of Cranes, whose machines were involved in not one, but two deadly incidents more than a decade ago. The 45-story high crane that went up in flames before tumbling at a job site at uh, 10th Avenue around 7.30 in the morning, it's owned by New York City Crane and Equipment Corporation. And according to Department of Buildings officials, this is a company that was founded and operated by the late James Loma, a controversial, bombastic Staten Islander who dubbed himself the King of Cranes. He died a few years ago, but his company first made headlines in 2008 when two of its cranes collapsed and killed nine people in just two months. The first incident took place on 51st Street on March 15th. Six construction workers and one bystander in a nearby apartment were killed and 24 people were injured. Five days after the tragedy, the inspector who had cleared the site to continue work after the complaint was found to have lied about examining it. Then, on May 30th, another New York City crane and equipment crane collapsed on East 91st Street killing the crane operator and a worker. So this could have been just an accident. They're saying that the cause of the crane collapse was a broken wire that may have sparked the fire. The bottom line is safety protocols have to be followed to prevent similar tragedies in the future. And we can't allow companies, particularly companies with a history of killing people with cranes, to skate or to take their word for it. They have to be held to a much higher standard. And I would venture to say that once you have a crane that's responsible for multiple deaths in multiple incidents, maybe you shouldn't be in the crane business anymore. I don't know. But I hope they look into this, and I hope this is somehow a learning lesson to how safety is handled at construction sites involving cranes in the future. Glad no one was killed this time around. It certainly could have been worse. Beam me up! To be continued. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The Other Side of Midnight. 
News. Local Spotlight. By now, many of you have probably heard about the kerfuffle a few days ago involving Mayor Eric Adams being heckled and giving what some people have described as a strange response to a woman who yelled obscenities at the mayor during a press conference. Here's a little bit of the audio, which we had to censor. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, yes, sir. Four-year-old man, Curtis, this is out on the spot. She said I'm messing with homeless. You know that? You know, one should be one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. You know? <laughs> she's shouting at him, F you a hole. She's and then Adams tells the crowd, she said I'm messing with homeless people, and he brushed off the comment with a laugh before adding, one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. And the mayor didn't offer any explanation for his remarks, but some people are taking issue with how he handled this. I have to tell you. And I've been critical of the mayor from time to time. I think he handled this interaction appropriately. What are you supposed to do if someone's screaming at you and shouting at you and cursing at you? You have to kind of take it in stride. And look, the F word is a crude way of saying make love to someone. And the mayor was basically making a joke out of it. I think he handled this fine. When you're the mayor, you have to deal with hecklers all the time. When you're in any position in the public eye, you have to deal with hecklers all the time. And I think... Being able to handle a heckler with dignity and grace, it really counts for something. So I don't agree at all with the criticism of how the mayor handled this. I think he handled it just fine. And uh, I hope if I'm being shouted at and saying F-U-A-hole, I hope I handle it as well as the mayor did there. I'm not even sure I really understand the criticism. Uh, What should he have done? Just be silent, not say anything? Uh, I think his response was just fine. Uh, I don't think there was anything wrong with uh, how he handled that. But that's just my take. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Hey, do you remember Jonah Recknitz? This was the donor to former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who was convicted in a multi-million dollar bribery scheme. Now, if you don't remember the details of what happened here, he had testified in the trial of Norman Seabrook and I believe a couple of other trials as well. Norman Seabrook was the head of the New York City Corrections Union at the time. And basically, he bribed Seabrook in order to get him to funnel $20 million in union money into a failing hedge fund. And apparently, as of now, his sentence has been thrown out. And his five-month prison term scrapped his order to pay $12 million in restitution over his role in bribing Norman Seabrook, who's a regular guest on the Sid Rosenberg show these days. That's scrapped, too. Here's what happened. Apparently, a Manhattan federal judge that was in charge of this case had a potential conflict of interest and should have recused himself. And because he didn't, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals has thrown out this conviction. This is incredible. So the sentencing judge, Alvin 
Hellerstein apparently should have recused himself in the case, according to the Second Circuit, because of his close personal ties to an employee of the fund, Platinum Partners. The staffer, Andrew Kaplan, is the son of the judge's close personal friend who died over a decade ago. The ruling from the uh, Second Circuit reads, the judge not only had a close, near-paternal relationship with Kaplan, but he also advised Kaplan on how to proceed in his pending criminal case arising from the Platinum fraud. So it was Hellerstein who slapped Recknitz with a 10-month jail sentence with half to be served in prison and the rest to be served in home confinement. He also ordered him to pay $12 million in restitution. And the appeals court ruled Recknitz is going to be resentenced with a different judge doling out a different punishment. So it's not exactly that his conviction has been overturned. His sentence has been thrown out. So there will be no new trial, but there will be a new sentencing. I tell you, it would be the irony of all ironies if he ends up in front of a new judge that gives him an even stiffer sentence. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. I have mentioned from time to time that if you look at the lineup here at 77 WABC from dusk till dawn, from 1 a.m. until midnight the next day, we really do have the best lineup, in my judgment, in all of talk radio, not just in New York, but around the country. And you add into that the deep bench that we have of talk talent on the weekend. I'm not trying to be immodest here. But there's not another station in the country that compares to what we're doing. And that's why I'm glad to see that we are getting a little bit of recognition. I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but this is really huge. 77 WABC, the station you're listening to right now, is a finalist in two Marconi Awards categories, News Talk Station of the Year and Legendary Station of the Year. Now, the winners are going to be announced at the Marconi Awards dinner in New York City on October 25th. But I could tell you, if you're not familiar with the Marconi Awards, this is basically radio's version of the Academy Awards or the Emmys or the Grammys. This is as big as it gets. And the competition for a Marconi Award is still stations from all across the country in every different format imaginable participate. And making it into the finalists in two different categories is no small feat. So I want to congratulate all of my colleagues. We're doing great ratings-wise, better than this station has done in many years, and I'm glad to see we're starting to get some recognition from the people that are responsible for awards. So whether it's Sid Rosenberg, Brian Kilmeade, Curtis Lewa, Bill O'Reilly, Greg Kelly... James Golden, Mark Levin, obviously Katz and Cosby, Rita Cosby on her solo show, Dominic Carter, myself, or any of the great people responsible for music radio on the weekends like Joe Piscopo and Cousin Brucie. We are killing it. And I'm glad to see that we are getting a little bit of recognition and I hope we win. Fingers crossed for the whole WABC team. Beam me up! To be continued. 